The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question and I listen more attentively? All righty. Let's get this show on the road, shall we? Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And we want to encourage you to come down to the Two Guys Smoke Shop here on Salem 20, uh, on 28 in Salem. They were closed for three and a half months thanks to the coronavirus hysteria uh, that killed most businesses in the United States. And, um, you know, they had to do like drive-up service and they, you know, they were hurting pretty good. So... Um, if you're a cigar smoker, come down to Two Guys Smoke Shop, see Dave, see, um, see Single Guy, just come in and ask for Single Guy, and he'll take care of you. Um, great show today, uh, we've got a couple of guests, uh, we've got Ryan DeZoglio from the Methuen School Committee, we're going to get to him in a few minutes. Um, first, uh, normally we do news at the beginning, and I chat about like the different things going on, but I'll just pepper that throughout the show. Uh, because uh, we have, uh, Joe, what's your last name? I'm sorry. Silverio. So we have Joe Silverio here from Four Star Lighting, and I wanted to have him on for a couple of reasons. First, because he's an advertiser in the Valley Patriot, and if we're going to talk to local businesses about stuff, we ought to always be going to our sponsors and our advertisers, because they have their fingers on the pulse of business and commerce and what's going on in our neighborhoods and our downtowns. And so I wanted Joe to come in to talk a little bit about his business, first of all, so we can give him you know, some free, free plugs, and uh, hopefully we can get him some business. But also I wanted to talk to him about how this COVID-19 shutdown and all the madness that's going on has affected his business. Joe, t- first, tell us about your business. When did you start it? Um, you know, how did you get into like, doing lighting? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me here, Tom. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, my father started the business many, many years ago, and um, I didn't really get into it until I was in my mid-20s, and um, he has been in business for over 40 years, and um, we're an electrical contractor. Uh, we provide um, mostly residential service as well as commercial service, and um, we've been around for a long time, and um, it's great you know, to be a small business in the Merrimack Valley area. Uh, we do a lot of our business around this area. Um, and we have quite a following, um, and we got some really good people that work for us, and um, we're doing very, very well, very, very well. Uh, Even through the COVID nineteen stuff, you did okay. So I'll tell you what happened during COVID nineteen. Um, it was almost like somebody shut a light switch off. Um, we had some projects going, and what they did is they shut that down. We had a couple of things going in Boston and whatnot, and that got shut down. But our day to day residential service business just stopped. Um, and we're not a big crew. We're uh, there's only six people, um, but we looked at it. We didn't want people to get hurt. We didn't want our own people to get hurt. So whatever work we did have, we kept everybody busy throughout. Uh, whether they worked twenty hours, twenty five hours, or forty hours, we still paid them for forty hours. Right. We didn't want anybody to get hurt during it. Um, the phones definitely slowed down. Um, the workload slowed down, but we just kept pushing forward and you know survived. Now, so during the COVID, you were still doing some work. Mm-hmm. What was that like having to go to people's homes or businesses to install a fixed lighting mm-hmm. while everybody was paranoid we were all going to die from the coronavirus? <laughs> like, that must have been unbelievable, right? You walk into someone's house and they're like, no, no, get away from me. That's exactly what happened. So one of the things people would call and ask is, uh, do you have gloves? Do you have masks? Will they wear this? Um, you know, have they been sick? And we did the same thing. We asked people when we when they called if anybody in the house had been sick because we didn't want our guys to be, right. you know, subject to that. Um, it was stressful as far as, you know, being nervous um, in the beginning stages of COVID-19, but as more and more wore on and even today, I, I'm less, we're less scared or frightened to go mm-hmm. into someone's house. And there are quite a bit of people that do say, can you wear a mask? Can you wear gloves? Um so it definitely put a lot more stress on the guys and the customers because they needed stuff done, right? And we needed to work, right? And it's an additional cost too. You got to go out and buy gloves. You got to get the sanitizers. You mm-hmm. got to, you know, train you guys to do things. You know, with all mm-hmm. the social distancing yes. nonsense. <laughs> um, 
So while you're going through this, you're also seeing some of your competitors who aren't open, right? Mm -hmm. So you stayed open and you still continued to do some work. Mm -hmm. Your competitors were closed. Now that we're starting to open, has that helped you? Has that given you a little bit of an advantage that, you know, people, people are still coming back to you knowing that you were still? Oh, absolutely. So we would get a lot of calls from people saying, are you guys still open? Are you still open? And quote unquote, I guess we were considered essential. Um, I guess if you're essential and you don't have work, it really, it makes it a little more difficult, but people were calling and asking, you know, are you guys open? Will you give us service? We need stuff done. Um, and I think what happened is a lot of guys probably stayed busy. Um, but you know, we've created a brand over the years where we have an excellent clientele of people that we Mm -hmm. do work for. And additionally, we're adding more and more customers. Um, so a lot of people, you know, they would call and say, Hey, you know, I need this. I mean, can you get somebody out there? Talk about what your customers need, because there might be people out there that might need that, mm-hmm. and they're going to be watching or listening to this. Because mm-hmm. we have a lot of people listen on on uh, like Podbean and Spreaker, mm-hmm. but we also have a ton of people that watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Um, talk about what it is that you offer uh, for like, is it just residential? Is it business? Is it both? We do everything um, from small electrical repairs uh, to additions to uh, build outs. You name it, we do it. Residential, commercial. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, geez, you know, I. I I called five or six guys, and they don't want to do small little jobs, and we love those small little jobs. Right. We absolutely love those. And one of the biggest compliments that I think I get from everybody that calls is, wow, I can't believe somebody answered the phone, or wow, I can't believe you got somebody out to me that fast, or wow, I can't believe that I got someone here the same day wow. to fix my problem. That is a wow. I yeah. mean, I, I can't get an answer out of my bank on a, on a check <laughs> deposit that I'm looking for in one day. Like, seriously. I called Santana the other day. I'm like, I, I get this check, and we need... We deposited it, but I didn't log it. Can you just look it up? Here's the check number. And it was two days before she got back to me. So, I mean, to call to call some place that's going to actually come to my house and service me mm-hmm. and have them show up the same day, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. It works out really, really well, and we're set up that way. Um, and we've been very fortunate um, in our success. Uh, so, I have to say I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. And, you know, we're continuing trying to grow, get yeah. bigger, um, and provide that service to more and more people. Has the politics of, because uh, we had, we, America's facing two crises right mm-hmm. now. We get the COVID-19 hysteria. Um, and by the way, when I say COVID-19 hysteria, save your hate mail. Because I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying that there's no coronavirus. I'm saying that the hysteria surrounding the coronavirus didn't match up to the reality on the ground. Um, and and the second crisis that we hit was the uh, the social unrest, has any of that affected you at all as far as, you know, how you're dealing with your customers, um, you know, that no, kind of stuff? I wouldn't say on a personal level. Um, you know, some of the protests that when, when, when we're driving places and going different places, um, it may delay us a little bit. But on a personal level, I haven't seen too much of a, mm-hmm. a change or um, any difficulties in it. Uh, listen, you know, a lot of things going on right now in our country. And, uh, you know, I don't care what side you come down on, it's... It's bad. It's causing a lot of problems. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? It's hurting us bad. Exactly. So what kind of lighting do you do? Is it just like overhead lighting like this? Is it um, like business chandeliers? Is it hotels? How do, what kind of lighting do you guys do? So we do a lot of residential lighting, a lot of commercial lighting. You know, if your business, your home, recess lighting. Um, we do all, the whole gamut of electrical work. You know, you need some ceiling fans put up or you want to add some outlets in your house. Um, listen, one of my biggest calls, and I, our phone's been ringing off the hook the last month, is nobody's going away this summer. So what are they doing? They're getting pools. Um, that is one of my busiest calls that I'm getting these days. Lighting for the outside pool. Just everything. Wiring a pool. I, I mean, people are just ordering pools. So you don't just do lighting. You do wiring I, and electrical, I do too. everything. Well, that's great. Full that's good it. to know. Yeah. I got a, I've got a ceiling fan in my back room that needs to yeah. be fixed. I'll be calling you guys <laughs> pretty shortly. <laughs> we'll, we'll work out some kind of a there deal. You go. There you go. Um, so, so you probably also work with other people in different industries, right? They do. So you mm-hmm. partner up with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, have they been open, the people that you do business with? Had, mm-hmm. Did they stay open through the whole thing, or did you have a hard time getting parts and stuff like that? No, so a lot of my supply houses, what they did is they went strictly, everything's online, and you would call in your orders, and you would pick it up. Um, it, it was okay. It worked out okay. Uh, they didn't want the face-to-face contact, um, and some of them still are doing that now. But what happened is, you know, it, it takes a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times guys like to go to the supply house and see and look through what they need. And, and they made it a little bit slower for things to get done. But um, all in all, it's worked out okay. Um, you know, we do a lot of work with plumbing companies and HVAC companies. And they were seeing similar things mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit of scale back on 
the availability of the product, not so much that it wasn't there, but the time to get it right. might have taken a little bit longer. Right. We do. Uh, we partner up with uh, Climate Designs. I don't know okay. if you've worked with them, Nina, and that. Buddy, mm-hmm. and all those mm-hmm. people over there. And we love Climate Designs, by the way. They're uh, they're a, a sponsor of the show. Uh, actually, they, they have, they're not sponsored technically this month because we we gave because you know they've been they've been closed. Mm-hmm. So we're giving them a free uh, a free ad for this month. So if you uh, if you need uh, climate issues or if you need lighting, what is the the how can people get in touch with you? Um, is, is there a website they can go to and just and just plug in their information and have somebody show up, or do they have to call? How do they do it? So you can put an inquiry in through our website at fourstarlighting.net, and um, or you can call our office. Um, which is someone will answer the phone all the time. Uh, we have an answering service for after hours as well. And um, like I said, you can go online, you can put an inquiry in. Um, we do a lot of, um, of leads through, um, through Scorpion, which comes right to us, and people put exactly what they're looking to do, and mm-hmm. we have somebody get right back to them. Um, and believe it or not, a lot of our work comes through you know, the Valley Patriot. I love to hear that. Yeah, we get a lot of calls. I love to hear that. Telling me that they saw that, and I would tell anybody that if – if they see our ad, uh, we will give ten percent off any service that we give them. Nice. If they, if they nice. Know. Listen, I appreciate that because the people who who follow the Valley Patriot, who are loyal to our readers, they really are fans. They're not just mm-hmm. readers; they're mm-hmm. fans. They really love what we do. Mm-hmm. And so, I want all of our all of our listeners on the podcast, and especially all of our readers of the paper. If you need any kind of lighting, you got to make sure you call uh, Kirsten. She'll answer the phone, right? Yes. Call Kirsten at uh, Four Star Lighting. What's the phone number? Let me give them to nine seven eight. 851-4900. I also posted the link uh, in the comment section of the podcast, and I'm also posting it on the Valley Patriot page as we speak, as well as my personal page. So between my personal page, we get 16,000 followers. The Valley Patriots get 12,000. So that's almost 30,000. So hopefully we're going to be able to get you some more business I and help you out that. because even though you worked through COVID, I'm sure you took a financial hit, right? I did. So we, we, we were able to, um, like I said, we paid everybody. Um, and we applied for the PPP loan. And um, how hard was that? Because I didn't get one. It was tough. We didn't make it through the first round. And um, but you know we went on six weeks of paying everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, you know in the end we were able to get the loan, which really really helped out. And uh, now we're we're building back up. You know where we should be. That's fantastic. You know. So listen, um, you are free to stay. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you stay if you want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to chat with Ryan, and then we can come back to you and talk about other stuff. You're free to give your opinion about stuff. You want your Methuen resident? I, I would love to give my opinion. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, um, tonight, folks, uh, at, I think, 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. I can't remember. Is it 6 or 7? I think it's 7. So, at 7 o'clock tonight, the Methuen City Council is going to be meeting to vote on the uh, agreed-upon contract for the Police Superior Officers Union. This is that very contentious contract where captains were, according to the Tribune, supposed to make $550,000 a year and all the, all the baloney that you've heard. Tonight, we're going to look at the real numbers. And from what I saw last night, Chairman Jim McCarty, chairman of the uh, Methuen City Council, violated the arbitrator's order and released all of the information before the meeting. Now, they were ordered by the court. They were ordered both sides not to release the information publicly until the vote tonight, until it came up on the agenda tonight. And Jim McCarty took it upon himself to violate that. And he only did it because he wanted to make sure that people thought that Neil Perry was holding something back and not being transparent. And so I saw all these comments by Dan Schibler and a whole bunch of people on the Methuen Soundoff page saying, oh, Neil Perry claims to be the facts and data guy. He claims to be transparent. And how come he didn't release this information? How come it came from Jim McCarty? Well, that's the reason. The reason is Jim McCarty broke the law and and illegally released it. And Neil Perry followed the law. He was told by the arbitrator, don't release anything until the night of the vote. So the information is out. And it looks like, and I don't have it in front of me, but throughout the show, I'll pull it up and give you the exact numbers. It looks like they went uh, if you average out, it's a six-year contract. The three they already did in the next three. And it looks like it all averages out to a 2.5% raise total for the whole six. So I know some people took, uh, in the, fir- at the second year, it looked like it was a 6% raise. Mm-hmm. And then it goes down to like 2% and then 0% and something else. So it all averages it out to 25 And somebody took the 6% raise numbers, added it to all of the captains and lieutenants, and then posted their salaries online as if that's what the contract said, like per year. And that's not true. You have to look at, it's a six-year contract, the three we went through and the three we're about to go through. And 
if you average out all three, if you add it all up, divide by six, it comes out to 2.5% raise for the superior officers. That vote's going to be tonight. Here's what's going to happen. Most likely, they're going to vote it down because they just hate the superior officers and they hate Joe Solomon. If they vote it down, if they vote it down, it's going to go back to the arbitrator and the police superior officers are going to get uh, triple damages. And that's just the way that it's going to work. So they can either accept the 2.5% average raise over six years, or they can reject it and they can pay a boatload more money out of the taxpayers' coffers. Let's see what happens tonight. I have a feeling that McCarty and Sabre are going to be driving this to a negative vote. Um, but I, you know, I also have faith in the other councils. I think, I think you've got Jessica, as much as I might not agree with her, I think she's a little level-headed and I think she's going to look at this stuff. And I also think Joel and Eunice are going to look at this. And I think they're going to realize the severity of it. And well, let's face it, most Methuen residents, you guys, the most Methuen residents, mm-hmm. are sick of it, right? Just sick of hearing about the police contracts, sick of the people ragging on the police, attacking the cops. Ryan, you're uh, in the school system. You're on the school committee. Ryan Desaguio, to my mm-hmm. far left. Um, I was told by somebody in the schools this week that there's a $4.5 million in the red in the schools and that they're cutting like crazy. And I haven't watched the school committee meetings. I wanted you to come on and talk about where the schools exactly are right now. Oh, we're actually um, perfectly fine. We um, the the union the other day. I have actually the MOUs with me. Um, they took a pay freeze. Um, so explain, explain what an MOU is to people at home. Oh, uh, um, mutual of understanding. Okay. Um, so they agreed. They voted um, last couple of weeks. Uh, honestly, with COVID and everything, I, I can't remember the times anymore and days. Um, so they took a pay freeze. Um, so that saved about a million dollars. Also, we had a budget. Um, again, people have to understand we put, we're, we're, we're talking about the budget right now. Um, but we had an $89 million estimated budget for this year. 89 million. Yeah. But due to COVID, we had to go level funded. And if we weren't to get those freezes, we would have had to lay off people due to going into a, like a possible deficit of like a million dollars because we had to pay. So people have to understand. I'm, I'm learning as I go too. Um, it's very it's it's a weird um, way to explain it, but um, I got explained uh, relatively clear in, in certain circumstances. Although you're level funded, every year positions get raises because like um, Tom was saying, although it says 6%, those police officers will receive a different type of pay scale. So a pay scale, although it says 6%, I, again, I didn't look at all the numbers, so please don't um, take my quote of it, but some police officers could be getting a 12% raise mm-hmm. due to you factor everything in over time. I, um, the the Quinn. Quinnbill, I think, Bill, yeah. yeah, all that other factors. So they're right. It, there's different numbers, and that same thing goes to to teachers and fire. So we had to ask them to take those pay freezes because we couldn't afford it because right. of the fiscal um, stability. But no, as of right now, we are level funded. We are going to be presenting. Um, last night we had a short meeting because usually those budget meetings go pretty long, but. We we got ourselves down to um, fiscal uh, uh, level funded, and so yeah, there is no, from my knowledge, there is no deficit. There's no deficit in the schools at all. No, nope. but I mean, I've got teachers calling me saying, you know, w- w- paraprofessionals are getting laid off, and other people are starting to get starting to take a uh, take a pay freeze while other people are getting raises, and we're we're four point five million in the red. That's what they're telling me. Uh, uh, no, everybody took a pay freeze except the paras. Uh, the Paris voted no, but they make a small amount of money in uh, that fiscal. Like, like I couldn't give you, I could give you the salaries, but I have to look it up. I was trying to look up those. Yeah, but, I mean, I didn't need exact numbers. Yeah, I was just but but they make a small points. they make a small percentage. It okay. would have made a difference, um, and we have those monies to work through it. Um, but we didn't. We what we did was we're merging positions into other positions so like title one um title one's a big issue right now uh, among the the community um we're going to be putting those people in classrooms for support staff but we have to understand we have to wait for chapter 70 um from the state to come in 
um, that's coming in like August, I think it is, the end of August. Mm -hmm. So it's all coming up to the state. We're just preparing ourselves, like in the past of mismanagement, right. we're kind of preparing ourselves for the worst case scenario. But I think we we as a committee and, and Superintendent Kong and the mayor, we, we got ourselves down to a level funded budget and we're, we're happy, but we're still making changes. Right. We're still, um, we, we last night we just approved the CARES Act grant that we received. We're going to add additional staff, um, custodians, um, uh, guidance counselors, et cetera, um, for reopening, um, which is going to be different. I, 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 I've, I've heard a lot of the, of the CDC's regulations, but we're still actually getting through this year. We have graduation coming up in July 31st. Which I'm so happy. You're actually going to have a graduation. As of right now, we are we we received CDC regulations, and um, uh, Superintendent Kong is working with uh, Mr. Barden at the high school, from my knowledge, and we're planning on a graduation for those kids. Now, I heard your high school principal is going to be joining Black Lives Matter on Sunday. Did you hear? Did you hear that? Um, I that was going on. I have. I have Saturday. I mean, yeah, I have no. Um, I know right now. Should teachers and administrators in a public school be getting involved uh, that vocally, publicly, when they're really in a position where they're influencing kids? I honestly, right now, I in that matter, I, I honestly don't know much about that information, Tom. Um, but well, I mean, forget forget this particular principle in general. Should teachers and administrators be out there protesting Black Lives Matter, social justice, or on the other end, we love the cops, we hate the cops, whichever side, because they have such an influence on children in our schools. Shouldn't they not be doing that, in your opinion? So it's such a... It's a difficult... I've never seen him speechless before. Yeah. <laughs> I want everyone to write this down. Everyone write it down. I, I usually... Like, this, this matter right now, because I just feel like... It's such a, it's a weird position to be in, in certain aspects. And me, I, I, like I said, for the first time in a long time, when people ask me about these questions, I'm very uncomfortable because again, I'm uneducated for the first time in my life. I can say that I'm as a, as, as a political leader, I'm, I'm very uneducated I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to listen to people. And so for my answers, I, I feel like they should try to look at both angles um, as educators because me as as myself, I'm I'm working in a public schools district um, outside of Methuen, and I try to avoid these these matters and, and and not because I don't believe in them. I just feel like I just I'm not educated. I got to give you credit. I've had a lot of politicians on my show over the past thirty years. A lot of politicians, and very few of them will be honest enough to say I don't know. Very few of them have been on it, have been just straightforward and say, you know, I'm not really educated about that, so I'm not going to give an opinion. Almost every single one of them, even if they don't know, will make up an answer or talk out the clock and make it seem like they're giving you an answer, yeah, even when they're really not. So I got to give you credit. I mean, I've, I've had a lot, seriously, senators, congressmen, governors, I've had a lot of people on my radio program before we went, um, before we went to podcast. Um, and the last three years that we've been on podcast, a lot. And I can maybe count on one hand how many have said I don't know, like to any question. Uh, and, and, and thank you for that. And, and I don't want people to think like, oh, because I know no matter what side I'm going to be, like I know some people are going to say to me, well, he's uneducated, then that makes him um, arrogant. And I go, no, it's not that I'm not ar – uh, it's not about arrogance. It's just – like, it's the get, opposite of arrogance. Yeah. You're actually admitting you don't know something, yeah. whereas everybody else would pretend they know and then give a, a stupid answer. Yeah, and, and 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 again, do do I believe like in the incidents that happened in the last few few weeks and a few months, that like Floyd and and all that that was injustice, and I feel like that I I watched the tape and I thought that was that was absolutely wrong. Um, the one in uh, another one in Atlanta, the, the, the guy that was running the kid that was running. And then the two regular citizens just came out of nowhere and, sh and tracked him down and shot him on camera. I forget his name, I, but that was wrong. But there are times that we're in this country right now that it seems like it's a war on the police, but I just feel like, like I said, you could hear it in my voice still. I have my opinions about certain events, but other events, their police need to be trained better. 
I think, and, and again, this is nothing wrong with the people that are police. I know they deal with a difficult job and, and they're dealing with different types of people. Um, and so everything's a case by case basis. Uh, but yes, I think there, there should be training involved um, uh, when it comes to policing. But like I said, I'm still uneducated. Right. I'm still, I'm still. It just it always bothers me when I see a teacher, an administrator, a principal, an educator, out in the community pushing for some political cause publicly, mm-hmm. when their students are at home watching and it's, they're very influential. Mm-hmm. And especially when kids hit a certain age, they rebel against their parents. And who do they usually start to emulate? Is their teachers or the mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. one teacher that they like or that one administrator that they like? And, it, and even when I sat on the school board in Lawrence, it always bothered me when they had the rallies for, for bilingual education and other bilingual teachers would be out there. And I'd look at this and go, listen, you're the, you're the subject of this. You're not supposed to be out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no law against it, I guess. But I think, mm-hmm. that, I think there really needs to be some kind of decorum in school systems where teachers have to understand that everything they do out in public is going to shape the way students look at them, and it could even change some students' minds, and that's not your job. Your job is to educate them. Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, depending on what they're being taught at home in defense of those teachers, it's good to have different perspectives mm-hmm. on that. And, that, and that, again, but if you're going to see the teacher's perspective, they should also maybe speak Again, you could tell I'm thinking of ideas. He's being way too reasonable. You can't yeah. be a school committee <laughs> yeah, person. I, I know. We're going to get I, you off the school committee. Yeah. You're way too reasonable. Yeah, and I go, I go, maybe, like, understand police. If you're going to be educated on that side, you should be also educated on the police side. And right. maybe have outreach. And, again, I'm trying. I, I think the problem with me is I try to find compromising on both sides, and sometimes you can't. That's not going to get you anywhere in politics. No, I know. <laughs> Everybody keeps telling me that, and they're like, Ryan, it, it, and, but they're like, like you said, it, it's great that we have, a, you're honest about it. You don't know. Right. And, and I think that's one thing that I will never lie <laughs> in the sense of that to, to my constituents. But I do believe in the movement as long as it's not violent. If you are friendly protesting, that is okay with Are you going to join the Black Lives Matter protest Saturday at I, the stadium? I plan on going down there as a public official to support the constituents. Um, but because I am also MS, I, if there is a march, I might not join them because of COVID. Right. And, and I know people are going to say he's only using that as an excuse. But, you know, if you had an autoimmune disease... Mm-hmm. And during COVID, um, for some people, they might understand that, you right. know, these, these viruses right. are different and, and could affect me, although I'm, I'm a healthy kid. Right. And um, I always say I'm a kid still. I'm 29 <laughs> Listen, years old. To me, to me <laughs> yeah. you're a kid. Believe me, um, you're a kid. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I, I've been socially distancing myself and, and I'm... Um, like I said, uh, due to MS, I might not march, right. but I, I will go down there and support them. And because I think as a public official, even though you're not educated, this is a time to be educated. So I'm going to go down there. I'm going to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I was going to go, I was going to go and support them on Saturday Okay, because I, there's nobody's more pro cop than I am. Like yeah. just, just take a look at my Facebook page. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. However, I'm for good cops. I'm not for bad cops. Yeah. And there's nobody who hates a bad cop more than a good cop or the family of good cops mm-hmm. because it makes their job harder and it puts the good cops' lives in jeopardy. However, when you talk to some of the people that are running these organizations, some of them came on my page when I posted the notice and they just started savagely attacking me. Now, I didn't post the notice and say, these people suck, don't mm-hmm. go to this rally, this is horrible, even though I kind of think some of those things in my head. I didn't do that. I posted it. I complained about the fact that the mayor is allowing this rally while he's torturing businesses about social distancing. That kind of seems weird. Um, But I didn't attack them. And they came on my page and immediately started, you're a racist, you're this, you're that. So I said, well, if this is really about police brutality, I would go to this. But it doesn't seem like that's what it's about when the organizers are coming on my page and and attacking me and making it about other things. So I want to support any march against police brutality. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants police brutality. 
I've had cops treat me very badly, even though my father was killed in the line of duty. My uncle was a, a, a police lieutenant growing up. All my cousins were cops. In, in, I had six, six cousins in North Andover, three cousins in Lawrence, all at the same time were cops. I come from a cop family. None of them like bad cops. It makes their lives almost impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Their job's impossible to do. Um, but I also support the good cops. And th- it doesn't have to be an either or. It's not you support Black Lives Matter or you're against police brutality or you're with the cops. You can, you can be both, I think. And, right? I, and, I, and I think that's, that's the problem. I think, uh, and I, I think in any issue um, it, it is nobody can see another side's opinion anymore. I think it's just you're either on my side or you're, you're against me. And it's, well, no, why can't we meet in the middle? Right. And I know this. Or at least agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. And again, with this situation, and, and again, I, I, I would love to hear, um, and again, for anybody that's ever received um, stereotyped against police, I don't, I've never had that. Mm-hmm. I never experienced that. And so I would never understand that. Right. I've been treated very badly by some cops, even though I came from the background I came from. And I didn't drive away saying he picked on me because of my race. He picked on me because I'm bald. Um, he, he treated me badly because of my race. He treated me badly because he hated my father or he knows someone in my family. I just drove away thinking, boy, that guy's just an asshole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times I think, I think, in, in the black community, there's such a racial inferiority complex going into the encounter with police where they already think the cops are out to get them to begin with that, that it then becomes confrontational sometimes when it doesn't have to be. And there are asshole cops out there, but they might just be an asshole to you, not because you're black, but because they're just assholes. But, right? but also you can agree that there could be situations where there are cops right. that go out and, and again, I, like I say, uh, there are racist cops. There's no question. Yeah, there's racist teachers, there's racist doctors. Yeah, and and again, and and also sometimes there are people out there that there are cops that deal with a situation with a certain type of background of of, of race that they're already going into that stigma mindset mm-hmm. every time they do a traffic stop. We need evidence, though. I looked at George Floyd, yeah. and as and as horrible as that murder was, and I think that all three, all four cops should be charged. There's still no evidence of racism. Mm-hmm. We looked at the Atlanta situation. When the cops first approached him, they asked him if he was okay. Are you all right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to make sure he was. They talked to him. They were they were courteous with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even after they shot him, the guy that shot him that got charged yesterday did CPR on him mm-hmm. and try and, and and was yelling, "Come on, Mister So and So, come on, you stay with me." Mm-hmm. So there's no evidence in that one that it was racism either. And yet we're conflating. I think as a country, we're conflating racism with police brutality. And while sometimes they do go together, most of the time they don't go together. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to separate both issues. I don't know, Joe, do you have any thoughts on any of this? I, I just, I'm listening back and forth, and I, I've enjoyed the, the back and forth. And you just made a comment there that really, really kind of struck me. And you said you have to prove that there's racism. How do you prove that there's racism? That's a good there? question. I, I mean, that's really a difficult thing to say. Um, and do. I, I think with all the stuff that's going on, and, and I agree with both of what you're saying, there are some bad cops, but I, I honestly feel that, you know, the actions of one or two bad policemen should not label the entire Absolutely. group of policemen. And I come from a family of, of uh, law enforcement, and I have to tell you, I mean, there are a lot of them that are just, they're on edge. They're nervous. They're upset about this whole yeah. thing. And like you said, they don't like bad cops. Right. They don't like racist cops right. because it makes them look bad. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy situation right now. And I and I listen, if I disagree with something that I then I then I guess I'm I'm you know, I'm not for the right thing or I'm not for the uh, the right causes. it's you know what, you you made a good point. You said, you know what, my opinion, your opinion may differ. Uh, it might. But you know what? One of the things that's lacking, I think, in this country right now is the fact that everyone talks about let's have a discussion, let's have a conversation. But if I don't believe what you believe, then we can't have a conversation. Right. Yeah. It's almost like you're a bad person. I'm a good person because I believe in whatever, abortion, and you don't. That makes you a bad person. Yeah. And I think it, it's kind of like team sports. I'm not a big sports guy, but I remember going to the Red Sox probably maybe 20 years ago, and uh, Big Poppy hit, a, hit the ball, and he missed second base going around going around the bases. And so the umpire called him out. And the entire stadium went, oh, come on, what do you mean he's out? We all saw him miss the bag. But we had to root for our team. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to politics today, it's, it's now the same dynamic where even if something on your side is wrong, 
people are going to defend it because it's on their it's on it's their team. So whether it's Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, or Black Lives Matter versus police, it's the other side. They're bad people. They're wrong. And I I, I think it's. One of the things I love about having Neil Perry here once a month, the mayor, and you're free to come when Neil's here. I'd love to talk to Neil. um, Is that we agree probably 50% of the time, Mm -hmm. and the other 50% of the time we vehemently disagree, but we disagree as friends, Mm -hmm. and we go out for coffee afterwards, just like the old days. Because I grew up in a household where, you know, like my my, my uncle raised me, and uh, we would have dinner and pull the shades down. And whatever was on the front page of the paper that day was what we talked about at the dinner table. So if it was a police shooting, if it was abortion, if it was gay marriage, whatever it was, we would talk about it. And it was me, my brother, Danny, my aunt and uncle. We never agreed on anything. Mm -hmm. We always disagreed on something. Mm -hmm. At one point, I was against the death penalty and my uncle was for it. And then my aunt was for it. But my brother, Danny, was against it. And we would all go back and forth. And then when it was over, we all piled into the car and went to Dairy Queen. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, So there was no, like, I hate you because you don't agree with what I, or you mm-hmm. don't see things the way I do. So that's the way I was brought up. And that's what I try to bring to the show and to the paper is let's let all voices be heard and let the people at home decide. And nobody's a bad person for having a different point of view, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, I and I think that's a, a great, a great quality at the end of the day, because we need to stop. I think one of the things we need to stop doing in this country is dividing ourselves between Republicans, Democrats, because at the end of the day, and I know this is sometimes this is a cliche, about it, um, but we need to look at each other as Americans. Yeah, we're all Americans. Yeah. We're all Americans, and and you know what makes this country great is that we can literally protest against our government right. without being persecuted and right. tortured, and then in right. other countries. That's why it always makes me crazy whether you love Donald Trump or not. When people call him a fascist, if he was a fascist, you wouldn't be able to say that. Mm-hmm. If he was a fascist, you wouldn't be here, yeah. right? I mean, when when COVID hit and we cut shut down the country, he could have had the the military rolling through the streets of America, and he mm-hmm. didn't. You know, so it's like, so let's tamp down the rhetoric. Let's just talk about the things that we agree and disagree on, and maybe come to some kind of an understanding. And the people at home listening to the debate will come away with something. They'll be mm-hmm. educated. You know, I, I and I always say to people all the time, it it, it doesn't matter who's president. If the other president, like if Obama did the exact same thing Trump did, the other side, the Republicans would say this is outrageous. Right? Yeah. It's it's situational no ma- politics. Yeah. It's no mm-hmm. matter what. It's you're it's it's going to right. It, it the, like you said, it's like a sports team. No matter what, you're going to side with your team, right or wrong. Right. You're going to side with your. And I think, and again, I don't want to put myself up on a pedestal, but uh, I, what I've learned over the years of being in involved in politics and all that, I I say, well, I'm going to voice my own opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think, I think that's why a lot of people like me. I, I, I've heard. Nobody likes you. Come yeah. on. <laughs> uh, Who are you kidding? Right. We, I just, toler- we tolerate we, you, we but tolerate nobody really likes because, you. Because I keep coming back. <laughs> they thought by not re- uh, electing me for council for two times. Hey, I let, wasn't gonna- let, let me ask you something off book. Mm-hmm. What's it like sitting there with Jaina? <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> What's it like sitting there with her? Because I, I, I wouldn't be able to get anything done. I would just sit there and stare at her the whole time. Her and I are good friends. I actually called her yesterday before the meeting. We went over the budget. And um, she's a great person, too. She um, is. She's an amazing person. I, I, I love working with her. Um, we're, as you know, we're on the residency subcommittee together. The what? Residency check. Oh, residency. Yep. Uh, um, Talk about the residency stuff. When Jaina was there, she put something up on SurveyMonkey asking people about people from other communities coming into Methuen, put, sending their kids to the Methuen schools, even though they don't live in Methuen, and she got the crap beat out of her for it. Now you're working on a residency subcommittee. What What are you guys up to? Really? Jana Pesh put that up. No, no, the other Jana. Oh. Jana DiNatale. Oh, okay. Jana. It's Jana. Yeah. <laughs> um, so her being on with her, um, uh, Zani, uh, Vice Chair Pesh, um, we, we've actually worked together, and one of the things that I... I said I was going to do when I first took office. I did it on the first meeting. Um, I put it on the agenda right before the first meeting that I'm going to open up the subcommittee and we're going to we're going to crack down on. And we were actually getting policy done um, until COVID hit, um, and then we've only had like one meeting since. But has there been any kind of an investigation into who's coming into the Methuen schools that yeah, don't live so, there? Yeah. So uh, people don't understand. They're actually um, in our IT department at, at Lucia. Um, he actually does the residency checks, 
And we, we've actually had data. I, I will look up the packets again. Like I told people also, if and, and people that are watching that are Methuen residents, I am willing to share the packets that we receive right before school committee meetings um, and share it to the public because that is a public document. Um, you're entitled to it. Mm -hmm. um, and also when people watch the school committee meetings, I get text messages during the meeting going, well, Ryan, I don't understand this. So one of the ideas I said about being transparent is to send you my packets and get them out to you so you can read it, look over it. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me or the superintendent. So when we got residency checks going, um, we have data of actually how many students that we um, removed from Methuen Public. Um, I didn't want the demographics because I didn't want people to think that we're singling out certain people. Right. So I said, I don't want to know the demographics. I just want to know the, just the number, numbers, right? The numbers. So nobody knows. It's just that number. Right. Um, was there a lot? It was, it was, I th again, don't quote me because it's been yep. like two, three months. I, think, I mean, it's just a podcast. We yeah, we were, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we were like removing about 20, we had about 120 kids still under investigation wow. right before COVID. Right. But we were already removing about 30 kids, I think, every other month or something like that. It was wow. a good number. Yeah. And um, again- it must, it must feel good, though, that you've got people from other communities who want to come into your school system. Yeah. Given how many problems your school system has. <laughs> I think, but, but what's great about this school committee, I, I, and, and again, I'm not speaking, I'm speaking on behalf of myself, obviously. Um, we have a good bunch of people that care. And I think, and what's great about us also is we're not really politicians. We're actually just here to help the community and make it better. Um, and also what's great, we have parents on it too. Um, that Luann's awesome. Luann is awesome. Luann's like my sister. Yeah, I, call her, awesome. I call her my committee member sister. She always tells me to like, Ryan, knock it off or, or um, tell me what to do once in a while. Um, but she is an amazing person and the thing about her more, especially she's a parent. So she has no political experience. So she, when that's she, good though. Yeah. It's very good. Better, yeah. Isn't it? You know? So her votes, and I always tell her this and I tell her this, this is why I love you is because every time you vote, you vote as a parent, right. you vote as if each child is like your own. Right. And I'm not saying like anybody else is not doing the same. No, some of them aren't though. I mean, we could tell from watching the meetings who isn't, who isn't. Uh, but, but again, some people don't have kids in the district. Right. So, so how can you make that relationship? Right. Jessica McLeod and Jaina has kids in the district. So right. they vote on base off of their kids. Jane is perfect. Nothing, <laughs> I, nothing Jaina does is ever wrong. I know. Ever. I know. That's, that's why, uh, that's why I even tell her that it's I, was, Gina. I was coming on today because she'd probably be like, don't worry about Tom. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was here. She was here about maybe eight months ago. Yeah. And I couldn't even talk. I just sat here and just looked at her the yeah. whole time. Let her, I just asked one question. And she just talked. The whole time. <laughs> yeah. She, she couldn't I, concentrate on anything. Again, I think she's it's a, like having a supermodel. Like you can't even have a conversation with her. You're just too see, busy staring at her. I, 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 I don't, I don't look at, like, I don't, I look at her as a professional woman in the sense of she cares about her kids and she cares about the district. Um, I know like there's always a, a stigma with, with, with her, with her father, yeah. but I think she's broken away from that. Yeah, she's her own person. She is. She's her own person. And when it came to residency checks, I went to her and I said, listen, I know you're, she, I, I want to do residency checks. That was one of my big platforms is I do not want people. And again, people tell me like there was an article, um, uh, I think it was confidential that made me. Look, that I was going after like Lauren's kids, I and I had to go on the air and say, I'm going after kids that don't belong in the district. Right. Period. That's it. Like, there's there's no there's no singling out people. I I, I your taxpayer dollars are paying ki for kids that don't belong in the right. district. Well, Methuen Confidential was a fake site, which is why they're down. Yeah. Right? Uh, so so there's, I, al there's always going to be a spin on it. Yeah. Right? So, so but I want to make that record clear. Like when I made this committee. I, I did it because the constituents wanted me to do it. Right. And so I, I set my goal. I said, listen, I promise you all. And I did promise. I did say promise. I will do it on the first meeting. And I did. I, I think you it. said that here during one of the debates. I wasn't here on a debate with you. You didn't debate? Oh, oh didn't. no, no. But you, didn't you come in, though? This, this is your first time with us, is it? Yeah. 
Oh, it is. Yeah, I was. I brought. Oh, your brother was here for the debate. Yeah, uh, that's right. But but I think you and I have done broadcasts on internet. Right. When yes. I joined. Right. And I said during the debate uh, during the campaign season, I said I promise I'm going to do residency checks. Joe, you're you're, you're a Methuen resident. Mm-hmm. You're a homeowner, I assume. In, I am in Methuen. Yes. How frustrated are you watching the last three years of nonsense going on in Methuen? Um, it's made me want to put my house up for sale. A few really? Times. Yeah. Really? Well, I, you know what? Think about it. I, you know, the way I look at it is this is people are elected to run some things a certain way. Um, and, and the people that they represent want things done a certain way. I, I think I'm just frustrated is probably mm-hmm. the best word that I could say. You know, I like what you're telling me about the resident check, residency checks and, and whatnot. I like that you, that was your platform. Um, I'd like to see more. Um, I'd like to see more people get involved. Right. As, as far as like the people that support you. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so so one Yeah, of- there were five people running for six spots on the school committee mm-hmm. after Judy Scandal, after four million dollars missing, mm-hmm. after two million missing the year before. <laughs> I mean there, there were like seven scandals in a row and then only five people ran for six jobs. It's almost like does anybody care about the kids? I, well, I, I think a lot of people ask me like with everything that that went on, they're like, Why would you want to run? And I go, I actually because the constituents wanted me to. Mm-hmm. So that's why, because I was just, I just got diagnosed previously, like a year prior. And, and I was, um, I'm right now in Merrimack receiving my education and my master's in education. Good for you. Um, so I changed everything once I got diagnosed. I, I sat down and I said to myself, because this was right after I lost the city council election. And I said, do I really want to continue doing these politics and not getting anywhere? Because it didn't seem like you fit like when you ran and you lost, uh, I've seen a lot of people come and go, run for office, never come back. I kind of thought you would be one of those guys mm-hmm. because it just didn't seem like it fit with your personality. I ask a politician a question, even if he doesn't know, he just talks for 15 minutes yeah. and I ask you a question. You go, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And so it just didn't seem like you you would even want to be in this yeah. in this cesspool of, of deceit, which yeah. is what politics is. Yeah, but, but then once um, I was... At the fireworks last year, and, and, and again, uh, uh, one of the people, I was actually going to sign up to do the Volk um, because I didn't know my what my brother was doing. My brother decided to run for city council. And so people were saying to me, Ryan, we're not signing your signatures. And I go, okay, you have the right to not to sign my signatures. I don't know why, because you signed them two years ago. I don't know. They go, we want you on school committee in Methuen. And I go, <laughs> No, really? <laughs> like, you really want me to? And they're like... Yeah, I'm kind of shocked at that, too. Like, yeah. we'd want you on the yeah. school committee. Right? Um, so they're like, we won't sign it unless you do it. And so I said, okay, if you really want me to do it, I'll do it. And then, you know what? Honestly, it was the best decision I made. I think I, I fit very well with this committee. I think I... I and, and again, I don't like putting myself on a pedestal. But I, I think that what the city of Methuen needs is an honest politician. And I know. Whoa. Whoa. And, and again, you I don't have many. That's for sure. And again, I'm not saying none of I them. I can count four. I, I, I'm going to say this. I, I will never uh, uh, put anybody saying that they, they don't do their jobs. And, and again, everybody has their own opinion of the politicians in Methuen. Um, I know the previous um, administration. Um, I did not care for too much. It was kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and and I'm going to be honest about that. And if that if people have, are you guys going to do an investigation into how Judy Scannell was was made a principal without certification and then elevated without certification to superintendent? Who was on that search committee that pushed her name forward? Like we've been waiting now since we since we learned what happened. Yeah, I I think there was a search committee, but put together by the school committee. So there's got to be paperwork on it who put her name forward, even though at the time she was an uncertified principal. Yeah. Um, I, I, from my knowledge of them letting her go, um, stop that investigation from happening. But if, if someone else wants to open up that, I do pick me, um, on, on, and again, I'm not putting anybody on the spot. I think we're, I don't want an investigation of Judy Scannell. And that's, that's where, that's where the, the deceit comes in again. They say, Oh, it's over with Judy Scannell. She's gone and we don't need an investigation, but I'm not looking for an investigation of Judy Scannell. I'm looking for an investigation as to how, forget it's Judy, how principal X with no certification has her name put forward by a seven or eight member 
team search committee team who's supposed to vet her background yeah. and put her forward as a superintendent when she wasn't even certified as the principal in the job she was in. Like, we need to know that so that it doesn't happen again. So, so you want my answer? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how that happened. I'm starting to hate you again. Yeah, and like, like, I don't know. I, I think when you, when you ask that question, you, you, you sit there and you go, how does this logically happen? So why don't you put together a, a, a subcommittee to look into it and say, look, we're not looking to punish Junie any more than it is, but we need to know how this happened because we don't want it to happen again. I, and I think we, we put forth after that whole ordeal, um, there were policies passed um, that really go into the background uh, information before people get promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, and again, I'm always open to look at that mm-hmm. and make sure that there are specific guidelines that you know, but we just um, elected, uh, just approved the new assistant superintendent. Um, the first question I asked was, is he licensed? Um, if you watch the tape, that was my first and pretty much only question. I go, right. and I said that, bec- and I've told people, the fr- if I ever had a position to um, uh, um, approve the assistant or new superintendent, I will ask that question every single time because if it turns out five years from now that that person was lying, I have it on tape right. that they lied. Right. And I and I said that, and I say that all the time. It's all about liability now. So, Joe, you were gonna say you thought about selling your house, but you ended up not selling. No, I didn't. Well, just, well, just because of when I moved here, I bought my house for so cheap. I lived there so cheap, and you know what? I'm I'm happy. I live in the woods. I do what I want to do. <laughs> I, I, listen, I. I Again, I just, I'm tired of picking up the paper and seeing this story after this story. And I have to tell you something. I, I, you're a gentleman. You really, really are. I think Thank you're you. too honest to be a politician. Me too. I'm not going to lie to you. I really do. I, I, but I, I, you know what? It's refreshing to hear that honestly. You'll vote you. for me next year. I, I'm just saying. It really is. It's, it's refreshing. You got your one vote from the show. Yeah, I got yeah. one. That's it. That's and, it. And, and again, honestly, my, and, and I'll joke with people and, I, and I'll talk. And I know right now there's tons of issues going on in Methuen. I'm actually really confident in the school side, um, which if you asked me two years ago, I was not. I was one of those people that picketed against the contracts with Mike Samad, uh, DJ Deeb. And I, the reason why I use those names is because one's a city council and now one was a formal school committee member. And we picketed, and Rich, that's in the front row right here, um, we, we, we stood our grounds of residents, and I think that's a lot of things that we need to do. We need to show confidence in our community to say, like, it's okay to stand up and, 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 and have these discussions and, and argue with your government, and, and, and I'm really behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if anybody ever wants to tell me, and, and you can ask anybody that really know, has talked to me, they'll message me on Facebook. I call them on Facebook. I don't like messaging. Mm-hmm. I don't like text messages. I don't like emails because people get misconstrued um, on things. And I go, please call me. And I always put my, uh, Tom has uh, tuned into my broadcast. Mm-hmm. I, always, I always do a broadcast. If you're a Facebook friend of mine, um, they'll share it eventually. I, I think my last broadcast had like three, 400 views. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, um, that, which was very exciting for me that it's getting out there. Um, but you can always share it, and then I always leave my number at the bottom of it. Can you do one with Jaina? <laughs> I can already hear the hate mail being written about oh. what a sexist I am. So, but so the there's thing, nothing sexist about wow. being heterosexual. Trust so, me. So again, Jane, I why why you go there? Every time. <laughs> he's getting embarrassed. Look, like he's getting embarrassed. Time. I love it. I try to. Remain, it's my job. I try to remain professional every single time. And but Jane, that's good. I make you look good when yeah. I. But when I go off book, it makes you look professional. Yeah, and I go. So you should welcome that. Yes, and and and, and again, I, I I think everybody I'm working with on the committee is great. I I enjoy working with them, and if and Tom knows if I didn't, I would probably have said it. Um, but I I honestly think if COVID didn't hit the way it hit, um, we would have been. This would have been probably the best year for Methuen schools. I think so. Mm-hmm. We would have had a bigger budget. And you're not looking at a deficit. We're, as of right now, we okay. are not looking at a deficit. Mm. From my knowledge, I am telling you this, and you can quote me, we, we went level funded. I, I, trust me, I am going to yeah. quote you. We level, and if anybody has proof of, of that, mm-hmm. I'll be the first one to go to the next school committee meeting and say, what is this? Right. And again, 
that's 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 your job. That's my job. Right. Um, but we went level funded. Right. That's and I, and I, and I think is there a way we can get four star lighting? You do all the lighting at the high school. Can we go. do that? Uh, yeah. Well, why not? Again, uh, you there's actually you could put yourself on a list for mm-hmm. the government because you have to do the smallest bid. Correct. Um, are you on that list? I'm not sure if we are. I, okay. I just, I, put I mean, yourself on that list. I know. I he didn't ask me to say that. I'm listen, just listen, I'm just chilling because he's an see, advertiser. But that's but he's a resident of Methuen. He is. As, I know. As that, my constituent, there you go. I tell him this is how you do it. I, this is the process. And if you do the lower bid, yeah, I'd be happy to say that. Yeah, why not? So I can, I, so I can go home business. And, I can go home and tell my wife, yeah, yeah, I was the lowest bidder. Yeah, yeah. you could say right. No, no mac and cheese. Yeah, like I'm the cheapest. Well, that's how Massachusetts I know that. does I'm just it. Teasing. I know so, that. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I always wonder that too. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to go off book, I always wondered about why would you want to get the smallest bid because. That's cheapest materials, cheapest, like of everything. I learned that the hard way a long, long time ago. And, and my father had said to me, he said, listen, he says, there's going to be a, a really, really low bid. There's going to be a really, really high bid. And there's going to be one in the middle. You're going to be tempted to go for that low one. Mm-hmm. He says, but remember one thing you get what you pay for. And yeah. I learned that the hard way on a roof. Yeah. So so, so I, yeah. I, I never understood, but us schools and, and government, mm-hmm. uh, we have to accept the lowest bid. Um, all the time. I do have a question though about yeah. you had talked about school when, when school starts back up. Mm-hmm. I had heard something on the news that they were talking about that you know masks and all that stuff yep. and, and, and each school district is going to have to supply that on their own out of their own budgets. Is that so, true? Or? So so I think um, right now and, and, and again what we have done for the previous thing we, we put in a FEMA mm-hmm. um, um, for relief and funding um, to um, to accommodate those um, supplies, mm-hmm. but yes, um, I think we have increased. Again, I'll be look at the budget, and I will I will post it up on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, or I can go and ask Brandy or, or, or uh, I'm sorry, Superintendent Kwong or our business manager um, Ian Goslin, uh, which does an amazing job, mm-hmm. um, and ask those questions again because again, I I do tend to forget. With my, I did hear that. I had yeah, heard that, that they but, were talking about yes, it. But so. yes, I think some districts are doing that or, mm-hmm. or they're going to pay and, and they're going to get relief. Again, so people have to understand that we are so right now don't know what's happening mm-hmm. because we're still waiting from the federal government to respond. Right. Plus, uh, we're waiting for the state to respond. They hit, if, if uh, Tom probably heard Neil Perry's, uh, Mayor Neil Perry say this, we had a $2.4 billion shortfall for the last couple of months here mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. And so imagine that much money that was supposed to go to schools. We had the Student Opportunity Act. That's probably gone. See, I want to see funding for schools cut. See, I want to cut schools. And, but, and, and I'm probably the only person in the world that thinks see, that schools get too much money. No. But I, I, I look at the product. I look at the kids that graduate from Methuen High School, and I don't blame the kids. I blame the schools. They can't read a traditional clock. They can't balance a checkbook. They don't know what the First Amendment is, but they all know about global warming, abortion, and gay marriage. And I, I, I can't see spending. We look at we spend millions, if not billions, of dollars on public education locally for a product that doesn't work. Now, if you had a car plant and every car that came off the the people work really hard, the teachers work really hard, the the plant workers work really hard, but the car doesn't run when it comes off the off the line. Why are we tying? what we're paying the administrators, what we're paying teachers to results. Mm-hmm. Because they come into my office and they ask for an application to work for me. And I, I never used to give them an application. I used just, just to interview people and mm-hmm. I learned the hard way, make them fill out an application. Yeah. Now I give them an application. They don't know where to put commas. They don't know how to capitalize. I'm like, I'm a newspaper. You can't work for me I if know. you don't know where to put a friggin' comma. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, where did you go? Methuen High, North Andover High, Lawrence High. So the only problem that I have, and again, I'm, I, I don't want to, go and push the curriculum. I, I I do have a problem with the fact that they don't do cursive that much anymore. Oh, that's one of my right. biggest pet. Me too. And, and again, and, and, and I, I, I will say this all day, to, uh, every day. How do you not know cursive? And when you're we're not teaching, contract. they don't know the First Amendment, they don't know the Constitution yeah. either, because we're, we're, t- we're spending too much time teaching about transgender bathrooms and not enough time mm. saying, hey, the First Amendment, there is no hate speech exemption to the First Amendment. The Second Amendment is absolute. Mm-hmm. I mean, this needs to be taught in the schools, and none of them are being taught that. I, I think what, what should be happening is teaching both sides of the spectrum. So when I went to um, college, I went for political science and history, concentration on American government and politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I had professors that were conservatives and liberals. 
And I learned from both angles. And you can say, I can say myself, I am a conservative Democrat. Mm -hmm. um, that's why both sides. Does that exist me. anymore? I know. I know they do. You mean me. like, a, like a John Kennedy Democrat? Um, you know, yeah. low, lower taxes, that's, support the yeah. military. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, right. and, and support your Second Amendment right. Um, but also um, First Amendment rights. And, and, and I believe in public education um, is more important. Um, in certain degrees, but I also believe that education should be taught with the basic of living, basic living, if mm -hmm. you, what you're saying, like no time clock, no checkbook. But the thing it is, it doesn't is, happen now. But, it's but, not happening. They're but, learning about transgender bathrooms. But here's the thing, though. <laughs> and Black Lives Matter. But here's, here's the thing, though. There are electives at Methuen High. That, but, that should, but that should be a guarantee. That shouldn't but, be an elective. That should be mandatory. You should have in first or second grade when you're teaching kids their A's, B's, C's, mm -hmm. to teach them how to. I remember in first grade, we would do the A, we would print the capital yep. A, mm -hmm. print the capital, print the small A, um, then cursive the, the, the big A and the small yeah, A. Yeah, I did too. And they're not learning that. And if, you, if these teachers aren't giving the basics, and people keep saying, why do you blame the teachers? It's the curriculum. The teachers' unions create the curriculum. They give millions of dollars to politicians at the state level who pass state laws mandating the curriculum. So it is the teachers. I, I, th I think from me working in a, a public school, um, too, it's, it's, I think it's easy to blame the teachers um, but it's also the politicians trying to push their own uh, agendas. But they're being paid by the teachers. The teachers union gives them millions of dollars. Look at how much but, money they but, gave uh, our local state reps but, in the last but, election. But if you think about it, why would you, as a teacher, pay the politician to basically make you look bad? That That's just... I don't. I just don't. Because they're making more money. They don't care how they look. Oh, if that's. It's we want more money. We I, want less instructive time. When they go for professional development, they don't learn new skills. They don't learn, you know, the, the latest, the latest science technology. They learn methods of teaching. That's just a waste of time. Methods of teaching. It's I, just a waste of time. I, I've done professional development, and I actually learned quite a bit. So that's just my aspect. Yeah, but you're a sponge, though. You learn every like like I'm sure you learned a lot just being here yeah. because that's that's who you are. Yeah. But most of these most of these these I remember I sat on the school committee in Lawrence. We sent we sent a teacher to she went she wanted to go get her degree some higher degree than what she had. We paid for her to go to school. Then she graduated, and because she had a higher step of education in the contract, we had to pay her more money. So we paid for her education. She then got a step up and raise, which we paid for, and then she used that higher education to apply at other schools other to make schools. more money and yeah. left. So we paid to educate her so she could educate kids better in another community. Mm -hmm. And it made me, it made me when I was sat on the school, it made me crazy. I can't even tell you how many times I lost my cool over that one topic. Yeah, and, and, and you know those were those are circumstances that I haven't come across yet. Mm -hmm. Um, it, but I just, I just want to understand. I think one thing we learned out of COVID, um, and I think every parent that's watching appreciates their children's teachers, mm. um, in the sense of it's really, really hard to teach your kid and imagine being in a classroom with 25 of them. And luckily Methuen has a small class size, but there are some districts out there that there's 35 kids mm -hmm. in a classroom and some of them are on IEPs, 504s. And have like me, I can say that um, I grew up with a learning disability. So I, I one thing I, I, I think what fits me well in school committee, I understand different aspects of education. I was actually in special ed for ADHD, and I know the uh, positives and negatives of special ed and having mm -hmm. these resources. And that's why I'm a strong advocate for special ed because people said when I was seven years old that I would never make it out of high school, but I'm now at Merrimack College on my master's program and I'm on school committee and, and, you know, some teachers, you know, that maybe thought of me as not a student. Well, now I, I'm, I'm right now in this position mm -hmm. that they come to me now for help. I, so I think that's kind of the irony. And I, and I tell people all the time when, when they deal with kids with special ed and I said, your kid can do anything if he wants to. Um, like I said, I was a seven-year-old kid. A doctors told me I would never make it out of high school. And now I'm in my master's program becoming a teacher. And I'm on school committee dealing with millions of dollars of budget during COVID-19. <laughs> Spend it the right way. Right, Spend right. it the right way. <laughs> we're, we're way, way over time. I want to oh. thank us. I know it sucks. I mean, we start and then 
you blink and it's over. I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate. Boy, if you need to buy or sell a house, they're the people to call. They do a lot in the community. They help us on Wednesday nights when we do TMF family dinner for the homeless in Lawrence. Matt and Sam sometimes even come down with us and they bring food, they bring clothes for the homeless, and we appreciate them being involved with us in that. Um, AFC Urgent Care, we love Lisa Williams. For the first three, two months of COVID-19, she was testing people for free and she was eating that $50 uh, copay on her own. Uh, Marsan and Son Construction, we love Ronnie Marsan. We hope he's going to run against Steve Saber next year. Uh, the Police Superior Officers Union, who will be on our live podcast tonight as we podcast them at the City Council meeting and the vote on their contract. N- call Nina at Climate Designs. Climate Designs, if you have any uh, issues with your HVAC system. And our good friend, uh, Don Smeriglio, whose name I've been saying wrong for 30 years. <laughs> I interviewed him the other day live on Facebook, and I said, how do you say your name? And I, he said, Smeriglio. I said, damn, 30 years I've been saying it wrong. Don Smeriglio at Pirelli's Deli. I always get my deli meats there. Mm-hmm. I get my any pasta there. Um, I, I I personally like the, the turkey sub, so I always go at least once a week and get a, a big turkey sub. They're like this big. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Um, and so we appreciate mm-hmm. them. And a free plug for JGs, who's still not advertising with us, but I know they're going to come. I know they're coming. I know they want to be with us. And it's just a matter of making it work. Um, also, I want to thank uh, Joe Silverio. Silverio. I'm so sorry. That's all right. I'm That's just, all right. Just, you'd think being in this business, I'd be better at names. Joe Silverio from Four Star Lighting. If you need lighting for your commercial business, for your home, they will social distance, they will mask, whatever you want them to do. They'll come in, they'll give you a great estimate. And if you are a reader of the Valley Patriot and you want to mention the Valley Patriot, is going to give you how much off? 10% off. 10% off on, on, and believe me, some of these lighting, it's pretty expensive. So you're going to get, you're going to get a good chunk of uh, money off of your bill uh, with Joe. And we posted his website on the Valley Patriot page, my page, and uh, on the link of this podcast. Uh, we certainly appreciate him. There's somebody else I wanted to mention, and I can't think of who it is. We want to thank uh, Paul, La- Attorney Paul Lambert, who stuck with us through COVID. And I want to thank uh, Ryan DeZoglio from the Methuen School Committee. Did you have fun? Will you come back? I definitely will. Can you bring you. Jana when you come back? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll call Jana after this and say, let's do a, a, a joint residency yeah, yeah, give us like a residency update because I don't yeah. really care about it, but if she's going to come, I'll, I'll care a lot. <laughs> okay. I'll care. I'll, right. I'll be really, really interested in all of that. And I'll pretend really good too. <laughs> That's fine. So <laughs> any any final words, Joe? You're a Methuen resident. You're a Methuen Listen, business. And I just, I have to tell you, thanks for letting me stick around for a little while. I really enjoyed this. I learned some things today from oh, you and from him. I'm, and I have to say, I, I, I'm... I was very happy to be here, and I oh, appreciate great. the time. Can you come back? I would love to come no, back. No, no, we want you to come back. I want to. I, yeah. I, I want to engage a little more. Right, though. sure. I, I, yeah. I, will you allow that? Yeah, well, it's only because I had Ryan here. Next time we'll come, we'll just have you, and we'll talk about the news <laughs> of the fine. day. Well, yeah. I know, I know. Ryan Ryan likes to talk. I yeah. mean, he, he's that's good. Fine. He's he is good. good. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's good. And, and by the way, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't say enough how much I respect the fact that you say I don't know when I ask a question and you're not sure. Um, I want to thank Ben, our fine, fine producer. Let's roll up. Uh, there's Melvin Taylor. I want to thank Ben, our fine producer, our studio audience, fantastic studio audience. Thank you for coming in. By the way, Mental Mark is no longer affiliated with the Valley Patriots, so you won't be seeing him anymore. Uh, we had to let him go yesterday, unfortunately. Um, tonight, we will be at 7 o'clock. We'll be podcasting with Thuin City Council uh, meeting where they talk about the police superior officer's contract, and I've got it right in front of me. Here's what they agreed to. The 2017 contract, 0%. 2018, 6%. 2019, 3%, 2020, 2.5, 2021, 2%, and 2022%, 2% raise. So when you average all of that out, it comes to 2.58% raise over six years for the police. That should be, I think, something that we can all agree on and walk away and put this debacle behind us. You gotta add the skills though. But you don't but you don't know what's gonna happen when it gets in front of a city council. You gotta add the pay skills. Melvin Taylor says we gotta go home, so go home already, but pick up your Valley Patriot when you do. <laughs> good, good job, Bye. brother. Thank- The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.